1: Everybody, welcome to episode 33. I know this is two weeks in a row. I've said 33. I'm not good at math, that's not what I went to school for. But we are the opening line here on the Believe Podcast Network. Get ready for another awesome show! Here we go. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. And let's just start with a hypothetical today, Wits. If you were to see $100 on the ground, and with your betting recently, now that I got you back in the game, would you (laughs) pick it up or you leave it there? I don't know what kind of trap I'm walking into, but I would definitely pick it up. Um. Of course you take the money. So why don't you keep picking winners and not betting on them? You know, that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Let's be honest. I would be telling you guys to bet with this no matter what. If they weren't the best, I wouldn't be telling you, do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet this football season, go to my bookie. I know Wits and I are gonna be betting nonstop. Remember to go to my bookie and use the promo code opening to activate the offer. They will double your first deposit up to one thousand dollars. That is at mybookie.ag. They will do They will double your deposit up to $1,000 after you use the promo code opening. You play, you win, you get paid. And Wits, we were absolutely on track to get paid. Maybe not so much you, but I definitely was until the Pac-12 came down on me like a sack of bricks. And they can, let's let's just, we're going to get into it, but I'm going to rip them apart. But Wits, what was your overall take on the weekend and the gambling bonanza?
2: Yeah, Roz, you're absolutely right. A lot of ups and downs. It was a very exciting week. Uh, looking at college, I think one of the most exciting games, if you were betting against the spread, was Clemson-Texas A&M. This game was a complete shit show. Clemson destroyed Texas A&M, but here the Aggies go marching down the field with a minute left with not a care in the world. Starting quarterback in, they are trying desperately to score, um, and they score with three seconds left in the game. To I'm disappointed all- in
1: you. You're glancing over this. Let's think about how you approached this last week, when you gave it to me about Auburn beating Oregon, you essentially taking the one nothing lead when we go head-to-head, you're not going to come in there and be like, ah, you know what? Not only did I get my ass handed to me in fantasy football this week, but I got outbetted by the best, Raz, over on the other line. I took you on this one. Texas AM plus 17. I didn't even like it, and I still took it you down this week, Wits. It was a Roz over we- Wits kind of week. Am I wrong, or am I right?
2: Uh, I, I would have to say you're right. Um, Love it. That, that Clemson game, it just... I was sitting at home by myself and almost had to go to the iPhone store to get a new iPhone, because that thing was chucked across the room. Profanities were yelled at the TV, and... You know what? I didn't really care that much about the game, but just the fact that Texas A&M was trying to score with their starting lineup out there down 24-3 to with 10 seconds left really grinded my gears, but that's why they call it gambling, folks. Um, looking at another g- great game, Roz, I know the sheet says that you took home LSU versus Texas, and I'll give you all the credit in the world, but I did get Texas plus seven right before game time, and I have to say, Roz, I think in the top 25, for me, that was the matchup of the week. The LSU Tigers and the Texas Longhorns, two very solid football teams, and that was a fantastic game in which we saw Texas come back from a 20-7 to 7 halftime deficit to pull within one score of the lead, and they were back and forth the whole second half rise. So, you know, Texas, they drop a big game here, not looking that great for the playoffs, but this this was a solid matchup. I That's thought it was everything as average, guys.
1: That's what hurts, that the playoff chances are now pretty much squandered. And that's college football for you, I guess. But you're right. This was by far and away the best game of the week. It is one of those you will enjoy from the first snap to the last snap because they are chucking the ball left and right. I mean, Sam Ellinger, look at the day he had. 31-47, to 47, 401 yards, four touchdowns through the air, not even counting his one on the ground. He ran for 60 yards. But even then, on the other side, we had 471 yards from Joe Burrow. And we're talking about an LSU team that hasn't been able to put together an offense in I don't know how long. I mean, there's that famous 9-6 game they played against Alabama. LSU has never been known for their offense. Let it be known here, wits. Kind of feeling the LSU bandwagon. Might hop on it. Might sneak their way into the playoffs. They have a game against Alabama. I think they can take that game. They could face Georgia in the SEC championships and move on from there. They've got an offense. It looks sexy, and I think they're going to move forward. This game was awesome. I did pick minus 5.5 for LSU, so came out happy and excited. But that I don't want to sting Texas for that because I think you would agree they played awesomely, maybe not on the defensive side of the ball, but their offense looked amazing, and that's also something that hasn't been common in the last Decades since they won their national title and uh, it hurts that Sam Ellinger won't be in the postseason this year But I think there's hope for Texas and I think that that's a takeaway both of us took
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely hope for Texas and rise you brought up LSU's offense Joe Burrow starting quarterback for the Tigers started off the season as a 200 to 1 bet to win the Heisman He's now 6 to 1 so anybody who put a few dollars on Joe Burrow to win the Heisman Trophy, I think you've definitely got a shot here. I know the clear-cut favorites right now are Tua and Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, but if this LSU team can get into the playoffs and have a season-defining win over Alabama, Joe Burrow might just be the guy holding up that trophy at the end of the year. But, Roz, a little bit of a recap of the rest of the week. Well, Uh, first,
1: got to tell everybody our new mascot here. At the opening line. And I'm I'm just applying this right now, so you don't yeah, even know I'll what it is. Too, because, yeah, I, It'll I be need... new for you. We are now the opening line, Golden Knights. We are all knighted up. And I'm I know they're not golden knights at Army, but they are knights. And we are sworn in as although I didn't take them on the show last week and I promise I wouldn't do that anymore to you guys, I did bet both UCF who you bet and Army who you bet, and we were riding high on the knights last week. They both covered. Knights nice looking good. UCF looking good. Wimbush at the helm. I like that a lot.
2: UCF, that was my first two-unit play of the year. I was feeling really good about it, and, Roz, they did not disappoint. They absolutely dismantled Lane Kiffin and Florida Atlantic Owls. This game was over in the first quarter, 28-6 at halftime, 41-6 to at the end of the third Absolute domination by UCF. They moved to 2-0. And, Roz, I know we said Texas LSU might have been the game of the week, but there's there's got to be two honorable mentions here. The other Knights team we're talking about, Army, I think absolutely should have won that game in the big house. They did everything in their power to piss it away at the end, ended up losing in overtime, and Michigan survives in a game that they looked pretty damn terrible, especially at home. So congratulations to Army. They covered, played a great game, thought they should have came out on top. And the loser of the week for me, a team that was supposed to be picked to maybe upset and be a dark horse in the Big Ten, Nebraska. Nebraska gives up 24 points in the fourth quarter, loses in overtime to the Colorado Buffaloes. And Roz, I mean, I didn't bet them. I didn't watch much of the game, but... For a Nebraska team that has not won in the road in about a decade, this was a game that they could not lose, and they somehow found a way to give up four scores in the fourth quarter. They dropped a big game. Very disappointing if you're a Cornhuskers fan.
1: Yeah, I mean, disappointing for them. One, because I picked them to win their side of the Big Ten to then sneak a Big Ten championship win. I don't know if they have the team to pull that off. Obviously, anything can happen in conference play. But that was the only shining and good grace that we saw from the Pac-12. Wits, I wish they could play some Jeopardy music right now to maybe somber the mood because I'm about to go on the rant of a century. The Pac-12 is lower than the MAC, than the Mountain West, than the SoCon Conference. They are lower than every conference in any sport at any level. The Pac-12 is so undeserving of being allowed to give scholarships to kids, allowing there to be football teams. It is disgusting. Here's why. USC has been a tragic case. And in fact, if you want to go back in time, Oregon might have had one sexy year, but USC might have been the only team out of this entire conference that has ever given it any notoriety. Now, let's go to circa 2019. Ethan goes heavy hitting. On Washington, two units. Stanford also getting two units. Now, Stanford likes to think of themselves as a ranked team, right? Well, they go in, face USC, who is starting a backup quarterback for the first time because their starter tore his ACL a week ago, go up 20-3. to Nice. So at least you have a formula, have an idea. This should have rattled a kid who has never been on the, the field before. And the fact that they didn't rattle him allowed for them to come back and put the pummel of the century on Stanford to close that game out. Stanford, now out of the top 25. Let's go to Washington. Washington, losing at Cal last year, has to prove something, right? Jacob Eason there, maybe Washington is actually a contender, will make the Pac-12 look good towards the end of the season when Kirk Herbstreep is talking about the four teams that should get in knee right here. Minus 14 should have been Cal minus 3 because Cal dominated that game. They should have been the favorites from the beginning. They are the first team to beat Washington in consecutive years in over a decade. That is unbelievable. Washington, pathetic. First off, the whole Pac-12, pathetic. They should all lose their rankings. They should be stripped of their rights to have football teams. I'm over it. You will never hear Roz. And mark it down, Witz. We can come back to this date, September. Looking at it, 10th. It is a Tuesday at 7.55 p.m. on the West Coast. I will never take another Pac-12 game. Gambling, betting, on the show, for shits and gigs. I don't give a shit. I will never take it again. Pac-12, you are snipped. Wits, talk about the rest of your games.
2: (laughs) I don't think I could
1: follow that up. I only had one
2: more play left. Uh, it was the lowly Ohio Bobcats uh, not getting it done versus Pittsburgh. So that rounded out week three, Roz. Technically, basically week two, if right. we're taking away Miami and Hawaii the first week. So right now, as it sits, uh, overall, I'm five and seven, down 1.7 units. So our bank rolls 1000 So that's down $17 through two and a half weeks. Not bad. Roz down 1.8 units, sitting at 500 at six and six. So right now, we're treading water. Had a rough Saturday night for the both of us, losing Texas for me. Roz, couple units on two big plays in the Pac-12, but we're the gonna wha- get. Back- it's
1: gonna be the WAC-12 from now on. That is how <laughs> I will refer to them.
2: Okay, the WAC-12. But now, everybody, we move on to our five picks of the week. And Roz, the first thing I noticed about the slate this week is that it was pretty weak.
1: Very weak. That's why <laughs> I there is no two unit two unit games for me this week. A little nervous. I- I was looking for one matchup in the top 25, and I might have glanced
2: over it, but I didn't see any. Uh, so I'm going to rattle through my picks pretty quickly, uh, one unit on each game. It was a lot of favorites that I saw, but I did take one underdog, so I'll start off with that. I am taking Georgia State, plus 9.5. They're playing at Western Michigan. This game is at 6 p.m. Central Saturday. Uh, have not watched much of these two teams, but Georgia State starting off hot. They are 2-0. and I think they're a straight-up better football team than Western Michigan, so I'm going to take the points on the road. Give me plus 9.5. Uh, Roz, you want to give some picks, or should I just rattle through mine? Yeah, I thought
1: I- we'd go back and forth because I'm uh, I'm going to go with the bigger teams here in a week where maybe I should look for these lower mid-major teams. I'm going to go Iowa minus 2. Let me, let me just make everybody aware. This is, to me, and what is mostly known as trap week in the NCAA. There's no ranked matchups. There's a lot of road games. There's the potential to fall into these traps. I've been known to fall into a couple of them. But I promise you, this weekend, I am putting you guys in the best spot to jump over the booby traps. I'm going to go with one that's very enticing. Iowa minus two on the road against Iowa State. Iowa is now going to be the cornerstone of their side of the Big Ten. And they need to prove it by closing out non-conference. Undefeated, I think they're going to do that this week. Obviously, minus two is super sexy because very rare does a team come away with a one-point win. If they're going to win this game, I'm feeling they're going to win by 14. Give me Iowa, minus two on the road. Battle of the states or interstate battle here. So we'll see how it goes. Iowa, minus two for me.
2: So my next play, I'm going to take the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, minus two and a half. They are traveling to Arizona. Um, Texas Tech hasn't played anybody yet. Uh, MT State the first week, and UTEP last week won 38-3. Arizona put up a lot of points last week, but I just think the Red Raiders are a better football team. So I'm going to take them minus the 2.5 on the road. My next three games are all double-digit favorites. So a little bit of uncharted territory for Witts because he doesn't really like to do that. But we'll get back to him after Roz's second pick.
1: Well, not only... Am I never picking from the WAC 12 again? I'm going to pick against their ass this week. Give me Brandon Wimbush and the UCF Golden Knights minus 7.5 against Stanford. They are home, and they're going to put the ass whooping of the century on them. Roz is going to be celebrating. He will be getting a tattoo that says the WAC 12, and uh, I'm excited for UCF. This was almost debatably a two-unit game for me, but I'm playing it safe this week. Give me UCF. I'm all about them being national champions these days.
2: <laughs> UCF, I really hope they don't let you down this week, Roz. But I got three double-digit favorites coming up next, so I'm going to rattle off all three of them for you very quickly. Oklahoma State going on the road versus Tulsa. They are a 14-point favorite. This is going to be an air raid from Oklahoma State. Over-under in this game is 65.5. I think Oklahoma State is going to put up at least 50 points in this one. Love the matchup here. I'm taking Ohio State against Indiana. This is a team that they notoriously started off very slow against, especially at Indiana. But I like Justin Fields. I like what Ohio State's doing this year. I think they're going to absolutely put a mashing on Indiana and put this notion to bed that the Hoosiers can hang with them for even a quarter. So give me Ohio State, minus 16. And then for my final pick, we're going back to the breadbasket, rise. Give me the Army Black Knights, minus 17, at University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, Week one, bet on Army as a three-touchdown favorite. Didn't work out. Took them last week as a dog. So I think it's got to happen this week. they got to win as a favorite, Roz. So give me Army minus 17. Those are my five plays for the week. Uh, Feeling pretty good about it.
1: And we're all on Army, as Boomer Sooner would say. I'm taking Army -17 as well. They've got to be the most popular team on this board we do. Honestly, we're taking them every week. It's amazing. I like this. I think they're going to come out just absolutely dominate. They are they've started 0 2. They need a win and a convincing win. I think they take care of that this week. Like you said, the last three picks of mine, Army being one of them, all double digits. I got Clemson going on the road against Syracuse. Some say that's crazy. Syracuse has played Clemson so well. I got Clemson -27 and a half. I'm feeling it. I think Clemson, who offensively has struggled two weeks in a row now, is going to come out and pummel Syracuse, similar to the way Maryland did that last weekend. I mean, Syracuse, you were given a ranking and you totally let it down. Give me Clemson, minus 27.5, and Trevor Lawrence for five touchdowns, 457 yards on the dot. If I get that right, I want a million dollars, and... I'm playing whack-a-mole over here, wits. I'm going way against the whack 12. Oklahoma, minus 24 on the road against UCLA, which hurts me because I love UCLA so much. But anyways, they're part of that whack conference. I'm whacking the moles. Oklahoma, minus 24. Jalen Hurts, 125 yards on the ground, 388 through the air with another five touchdown performance. I'm liking my picks, not loving my picks. We'll see what we're able to do for you guys. I just need to get back positive on the bank roll. I'm a nice 6-6 six and six picks overall, but I uh, spent too many units on the teams that shall not be named anymore. Wits, any parting thoughts for the NCAA before we hit NFL Week 2?
2: No, I think we talked enough about the NCAA this week because this was probably the most exciting week of the year. It was Week 1 of the NFL, Roz, and it was... It was, it was something. Was, it was something. Go was,
1: Pack. Go. Something. dun dun na 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 Go, Pack, go. I'm back, baby. 1-0 in fantasy. 1-0 and in Green Bay. Is there a better feeling in life when Rod's at the top of the mountain and he looks down upon Wits, who sits in last place in the league, fewest points scored this week, and I am king as I am the one who took him down. Wits, I've been holding it in for so long, even over text, even in our weekly one Recap, Jared was even mad at the lack of banter, but you were talking so much, and it is time for the reign of Roz. Let it begin.
2: Lay it on me, buddy. Uh, Nothing much to say except that my team sucked this week, and no uh, no other way to put it, Roz. I mean, Jameis Winston and Mike Evans put up 13 for me. Uh, That's just not going to get it done. Aaron Jones, I did like what I saw from him from a, from a usage standpoint. I think he's the clear lead back, but that Bears defense, uh, you know, might make a case for the best in the NFL. There just wasn't a lot of room to work for either offenses in that game. And uh, yeah, looking across my team, Kamara looked good, looked very solid for not scoring a touchdown. And Chris Carson had a couple TDs, and uh, that was essentially the highlight of my week. So we're gonna we're gonna regroup. Um, I liked what I saw from my team. I thought most of the usage, most of the opportunities were there. I think Mike Evans was a little sick. Somebody told me he had a little stomach flu issue. So I think we're going to come back strong, but I am in last place right now, and Roz did take me down. Packers beat the Bears, so it was unfortunate. But Roz, any concerns about the Green Bay offense and what we saw on Thursday night? I mean, I know the Bears' defense is good, but what, what are we thinking honestly as a Packers fan right now about the state of the offense in Green Bay?
1: Well, you might think I'm not being honest, but I'm being 3,000% honest when I'm saying we will be okay. And in the famous words of one poet, Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax. It's a new system. It's basically the preseason right now for the Packers offense. The first time they've played together as a full unit This offense is going to be so scary good come October that this team is walking its way into the Super Bowl to face the Patriots, which will be the only game I am nervous about all year long. I'm loving the Packers, dude. Life could not be better. I'll be up at 6 a.m. on Sunday. Go get a fresh haircut. Head over to Park and Grill in, um, I'm forgetting the name of where it is, in Burbank. Go check it out. We're going to watch the Packers live there. Super excited for Sunday when we take on our division rivals, the Vikings. We're actually going to talk about that in a little bit. But with other things, I couldn't have been more wrong about Atlanta. Matt Ryan, is he done? Is he still available? Julio Jones, looks like he's going to be a scoring threat this year. I think Matty Ice is really iced out. I don't know how much is left in his tank as they lose an embarrassing game against the Vikings jets bills jets took a 16 point lead and didn't score after that i think sam darnold is part of that whack league division of in the ncaa so he's going to perform just like his brother in mark sanchez matt liner and the other john david booties of the world Jets took a yeah, tough loss
2: the jets that that one hurt we both had We both had that jets so that double jets hurt. Three. um to be up 16 nothing against a bills team that I think is up and coming, but you know, letting up 14 points, getting outscored 14 zip in the fourth quarter. That was a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, Sam Darnold, on Bell, they, they were okay, but they didn't close the deal. So, you know, Roz, you mentioned the Falcons. I think maybe a little bit of overreaction Monday there with saying Matty Ice is done, but that that was a pretty terrible effort by Atlanta, especially especially in a season opener. Um, give the Vikings credit. Kirk Cousins did not even pass for 100 yards. But meanwhile, Dalvin Cook ran wild over that Atlanta defense. And Atlanta couldn't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball until late in the fourth quarter. But, Roz, I think the moment of the week that I'm most proud of is the Titans-Browns game. Because if you listen to the opening line at all, you've been hearing Wits chirp the Browns all offseason saying that all the people who think they're going to ride their way into the playoffs and the Super Bowl, I said, hold up. I said, wait a minute. I said, we shall see. And what we saw on Sunday was an absolute embarrassment and a disaster. And I'm not going to overreact and say the Browns are going to go 4-12, and but that was not what you want to see against the Tennessee Titans at home on opening weekend.
1: Yeah. It would be so Browns-like for them to go under 500. I mean— it would become hysterical at this point. The most hope in years this Browns team has had, and they lose opening day to the Titans. And Mariota has had his struggles, and I don't know if he's totally to give credit for it for that win. I mean, Derrick Henry looked awesome. Um, yeah, it's embarrassing. I mean, the biggest story coming out of Browns camp is the $119,000 watch OBJ was wearing during the game. Like, awesome flex, bro. Like, Chill. I don't need to see you wearing a watch. I need to see you in the end zone. And I don't even have you on my fantasy team. So tough go for the Browns to start. Absolutely. Um, Not a tough go for their division rivals, though, who me and you also both had in the Baltimore Ravens. And I need to apologize. I am the opposite of you this week, Wits. Whereas you were right, I am wrong. I said Lamar Jackson would be worth absolutely nothing at the quarterback position, um, I did not call him a wide receiver, a running back, whatever these other news outlets were doing. I just didn't think he was a good quarterback. Um, 59 points, would say otherwise. Five touchdown passes over 300 yards passing. The nice-looking rookie in Marquise Brown, two massive touchdowns to him, and they just blew out probably the worst team in NFL history. I think this Dolphins team can rival that of the 0-16 Lions team that I had once seen play live.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a really tough season for Miami. Uh, But let's not yet, like you said, let's not discount the Ravens' performance. I mean, putting up 60 points in an NFL game, I don't care who you're playing, that's big stuff. Lamar Jackson was electric, and like you said, Marquise Brown, two enormous plays. That's going to be a fun connection to watch this year. So I'm excited for Lamar Jackson. I think in the AFC North, I think it's a toss-up right now. I mean, I honestly, at the start of the season, I thought the Steelers were going to come through and win that division, um, I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, that, that was a brutal loss week one. I don't think they're as bad as the 33 to three performance they put up against the
1: but by the way, kudos to you on that pick. I mean, that was risky by all, I think five and a half on opening against the Steelers. And I thought it would be a good game. I mean, props to you on that win.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be a better game than what the Steelers showed, but Tom Brady, every year people try to count him out. And he was, I mean, he was a, a doctor. I mean, he carved up the Steelers um, inside and out Philip Dorsett out of nowhere caught two touchdowns Josh Gordon contributed Julian Edelman did what he normally does Um, so it was an awesome performance by Brady and then looking at some of the rest of the games, draws this was an interesting week for all you people in survivor pools because there were a couple big upsets brewing that didn't come to fruition one of them was Eagles Redskins 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 Absolutely fell apart in the second half, but they were up 20-7 to at halftime, looking like Case Keenum might just lead the Redskins to a division victory. They fall 32-27. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, with rookie head coach Zach Taylor and red-headed Randy Randy Andy Dalton, drop a 21-20 barn burner to Seattle. Needed a fourth-quarter touchdown to win that one, but Cincinnati was looking pretty good. Joe Mixon went down early in the game, so the fact that they were able to hang with the Seahawks uh, I thought was also big news. Roz, we had an enormous debut from Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals, 70 passing yards through three quarters, ended up with 27 points in a tie game in what was, I think, a much bigger loss or tie for the Lions because they just melted down in the fourth quarter.
1: 24-6 was their lead. It was incredible that they melted down so poorly.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was it was unacceptable. Matt Patricia, Matt Stafford. And I think the play that a lot of people are looking at was that bootleg. Um, guy was wide open, and somebody in the Lions called a timeout. I guess I wasn't watching the game that closely, but that was going to be the end of the game. They end up not converting on third down punting. Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald... Got the hookup rolling. They ended up tying the game. And I still don't understand why we have that short little overtime in the NFL. I don't like it. But we tie on opening weekend again. And Kyler Murray, I mean, was horrible through three quarters. But so it showed some electricity in fourth quarter and overtime. So that was a very exciting game. And then, Roz, Monday night. What was a, a night. Fantastic night for the league. Game one, you had seemed like thirty-eight lead changes in the final minute because you had Will Lutz kick a big field goal, Deshaun Watson come down in two plays and seventy-five yards. Then he had Will Lutz kick a fifty-eight yarder. Um this was an awesome game. And I don't know what your thoughts on it were, but fantasy perspective,
1: game perspective, it was it had it all. Had it all. And my boy D hop just looked absolutely amazing. Um It was was fun to see, and Breeze is still kicking it, and I love the quarterback play in this league. And a lot of people are worried about Deshaun Watson. I kind of am too, not in terms of performance, but the guy gets hit every play, and that's not sustainable for a guy of his caliber. Um, He's going to get hurt eventually, and that makes me nervous because – of my attachment to DeAndre Hopkins. But it was an awesome, exciting game. We had an awesome fantasy matchup go down to the wire involving our buddies Tommy and Max. Literally four lean ch- lead changes in the last 40 seconds of the game. And then Wits, I packed it in. I told you on Saturday, I was like, ah, made a bad pick this week on the opening line, taking the Oakland Raiders at even. Somehow, someway, no need for AB to today. They won, beat the Broncos, who I think... If not for the Dolphins are going to be one of the most atrocious teams in the league, and it is time to finally put Mr. Joe Flacco on the mantle next to Trent Dilfer as one of those quarterbacks we will talk about not being the quintessential piece to a franchise but still winning a Super Bowl due to being carried there so Flacco, you join your teammate from the Baltimore Ravens Trent Dilfer right on that mantle um and the Raiders pull off a win for me. So I'm 3-2 with a .8 bankroll right now in units. So I sit pretty at the end of week one of the NFL season, making my money, feeling happy. I did also have the Chiefs minus four, which was easy. And bad news in that game on two, both sides as we lose Tree Hill and Nick Foles to collarbone injuries. Devin Funches, another person going down with a clavicle injury. All of them breaking it, except for T.Y., or not T.Y., Tariq. I think his is a little bit more minor, but he'll be missing four yeah. to five weeks. So we shall no. see. Wits, week two. I'm excited. Do you want to kick it off? We're going to go back and forth. I know we have only one similar pick this week.
2: Yeah, but, you know, let me get my thoughts out on Derek Carr and the Raiders. Absolutely. This was this game was exciting for For all Raiders fans, right from the get-go, I mean, Derek Carr marched this team down the field, ended up going 22 of 26. Um, And then, like you said, Antonio Brown, no problem. Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams combined for 175 yards, receiving seven and eight targets apiece. Josh Jacobs couldn't get much going on the ground, but he did end up with 85 yards and two touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, Joe Flacco. I know it was a new offense. I know it's a new year, but... Guy just doesn't look like the spark is there anymore. And like Roz says, was it ever there? I'm not sure. But all you people, (coughs) wits, who drafted Cortland Sutton in your fantasy leagues, I think you were feeling pretty good after night one because he looks like the favorite target of Joe Flacco. I know Sanders caught a touchdown and hit 86 yards, but Cortland Sutton, seven receptions for 120 yards, was all over the field. So, Roz, that was week one in the NFL. I went three and two as well up 0.8 units was you know a Jets meltdown and a Lions meltdown away from being 5-0 and but that's why they call it gambling we keep the line moving here so let's get into the picks for this week Raz. I will start us off this is my number one pick of the week I'm only putting up one unit on it and I don't love the pick but I heard from a little birdie that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go on the road and make the Falcons look just like they did in week one they had a scare against the Redkins Redskins but Carson Wentz is going to come out firing on all cylinders. Deshaun Jackson brought back to life last week. Give me the Eagles on Sunday night football. Minus one and a half on the road.
1: That is a tough game. So this will be another power to you if you're able to pull this one off. Which I'll start it up on Thursday. Me and you both gonna be taking this game. We're riding with the Carolina Panthers, minus six and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know, is it time for Witts to maybe think of a new quarterback, or is he going to keep riding with Jameis Winston? And I love that you call him Jameis Winston because I always thought it was Jameis. But Cam Newton's going to write the ship, and if he doesn't write the ship, then he's going to go right there in the uh, in the group of quarterbacks. I think it's long gone in terms of their chances of winning the Super Bowl. So Panthers minus 6.5. Christian McCaffrey is the most absurd athlete or most absurd fantasy player of all time. Last week, 10 receptions, 11 targets for 81 yards, and 19 carries for 128 and two touchdowns. McCaffrey should be the 1-1 every year. People just don't want to do it. I don't know why. I think I might have done that had I had the 1. He looks way too good never to draft. Give me the Panthers minus 6.5.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling the same way here, Roz. I don't love the Panthers, and I I don't love uh, the Week 1 result. I think they actually played a little better than the Rams, but they weren't able to pull out the victory in the end. But like you said, Christian McCaffrey, I just don't think the Bucks have an answer for a player like that. And will the Bucs look as bad on offense as they did week one? No, I don't think so. Jameis Winston is a guy who has always put up stats, um, even when you know it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. But I do like the Panthers uh, to run over the Bucs this game. I think Newton puts it together a little bit in McCaffrey might put up you know, another 35 or 40 fantasy points. So that is where we are on the same side this week. Roz, let's go to a little rivalry right now. You are hopping on the Packers bandwagon in week two in a huge division matchup between the Packers and the Vikings. I like the Vikings on the road plus three. You're taking the pack at home. Tell me why the Packers are going to not only win but cover the spread in this game because I, I just don't
1: think they can do it. I don't think they're that good. I don't want to work, I just want to bang on the drum all day. Now, the reason I sing this song, it's relevant, because every time the Packers score a touchdown, it's played throughout the entire stadium, the beautiful Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's, it's, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're going to hit the end zone five times. Aaron Rodgers is going to look absolutely fantastic. And this defense is going to continue to shut down the run, forcing Kirk Cousins to drop back in the pocket, pocket and start making some passes. Let's see what he can do then because he was only allowed to th- throw the ball 10 times last week. So I'm going Packers, which I don't like to do. I never like betting on the Packers. I don't like the conflict of interest. But since it's minus three, I might as well, since I think they're going to win anyways. Give me the pack and an easy one, 27-14 to 14 final score of this game up in Lambeau, Wisconsin. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day. Hey! I think we're,
2: we're going to have to kick you off the show if you keep singing that line. The Vikings are going to be too much for the pack in this game. Stephen Diggs uh, was a little banged up week one, but Diggs, Thielen, and Cook are just going to run all over this Packers defense that supposedly looked really good against the Bears' offense that was non-existent. A Mitch Trubisky, who threw about 42 too many passes for my liking. The Vikings are going to take this game. Kirk Cousins is actually going to hit that 100-yard mark, and he might even go for two. But I like the Vikings on the road, plus three here. My next two picks are uh, two teams that are popular on this show. One of them has been a thorn in my side for the past three years. But I'm going to take the New York Giants, plus two at home, against the Bills. Uh, the Giants did put in Daniel Jones near the end of that game. And that kind of makes you wonder that is he closer than people think to getting on the field uh, as a starter for this Giants team? I don't know, but I'm taking Eli and I'm taking mostly Saquon Barkley to win this game straight up, and I'll take the two points as well against a, eh, let's call it a mediocre Bills team. I like the Giants at home, a lot different than playing at Cowboy Stadium, so they're going to cover the spread in this one.
1: I must have only looked at the NFC North because three of my games involve the NFC North. One, which is traditional, because I'm picking against the Detroit Lions, as I think the Chargers will go on the road into the Dome. Phillip Rivers will take care of the Lions, send them to 0 2. I got the Chargers at minus 2.5. And then, which I'm doing something I don't think I've ever done, that will ever do again. Oh, wow, you are. That's unbelievable. I'm taking the Bears minus two and a half against the Broncos. I think the Broncos are that bad. Yes, it's at mile high. I don't think the Bears dropped 0 2. I think this defense is scarier. Kind of amazing. We'll get Von Miller versus Khalil Mack. We'll see how that all goes. But I think the Bears come out of this one pretty easily. They might even be my survivor pool pick this week. A week and. In a week in which I think I, I've never chosen them before, so I think this is where they need to show out and stand out for Roz, because this might be the only time I sing their praises in my lifetime.
2: Okay, wow, Bears minus two and a half. I hope they don't let you down, Roz. But that that game one was brutal. My final pick, big elephant in the room, is this going to be the biggest? <laughs>
1: this is amazing.
2: Year, very rarely in the NFL do you see more than a two-touchdown spread. But this one is encroaching on three touchdowns. The Patriots are minus 19 right now against the Dolphins. And it's hard to think that in professional league it could be that much of a disparity. But from what I saw after week one and what people were talking about even before the season started, I have no choice but to take Tom Brady and the Brady Bunch here to absolutely dismantle the Dolphins because the Dolphins didn't have an answer for anything week one. So as much as it pains me, I'm going to take the Pats minus 19 on the road in what's going to be an exciting matchup for me because I've got uh, Brady in the league, I've got Edelman in the league, and Josh Gordon. So I hope they light up the scoreboard, but like we say in the NFL, no team is ever as good or as bad as they look from week to week, so we'll see what happens here, but... I think the Patriots are going to do it I just can't see the Dolphins keeping this one close okay?
1: I read a funny article and I think one of the things keeping this under three touchdowns is the potential for weather in Miami um the article was saying how high is too high of a spread for this Patriots game and is it even possible to get too high I was reading that they thought this would open up at between 22 to 24 points in favor of the Patriots it's sitting at 19 kind of sexy I thought about it because Honestly, Vegas is making that spread that big. I think they know that this is going to be a blowout and they're trying to keep it as close to even as possible with the spread. I don't know. I got to stay away from the big one. I might rip it come Sunday morning depending where it is moved to. My last game though, I am taking the guy who is about to get absolutely paid and that is Dak Prescott on the road against the Division Redskins. I think they start 2 and 0 against the division. Don't think they have much trouble. I think the Redskins flashed all they had against the Eagles. The Cowboys are going to come in there and put some work on the Washington Redskins or the Washington R words. I apologize for how many times I said their team name. And uh, Cowboys win this easy. Dak on his way to the biggest contract in NFL history.
2: Wow, I, I could I could definitely see it. Uh, they were very impressive. Week one win. Roz, I think there's a couple teams in the league right now. I hate to say it in week two, but I think these are almost some must-win games because I think the percentages of teams making the playoffs at 0-2 is extremely, extremely low. So teams like the Falcons, who we thought were going to compete in the AFC South, teams like the Jaguars and the Texans, I don't know what to say about the Jags anymore. They just lost the guy they signed for the whole year. Very unfortunate. Uh, But the Texans, I think this is a game they need to win. Looking at a team like the Steelers, they don't want to fall to 0-2 versus the Seahawks. So there's there's some big matchups out there, Raz. Um, so this is going to be another exciting week. I mean, I think I, I just was a vegetable on the couch all week, all Sunday. It was eight hours straight of football, and Monday night I didn't get to bed till 11:30. It was, a, you know, it was an awesome day. So I'm excited for this week. I think we got some good picks for you. NFL is definitely more of our strong suit as well. So right now, three and two, both of us. Well we also
1: let's help out people because this is something we promised we'd do joining the Believe Network and which I'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot because I forgot to message this to you. But I kinda of ha- I can take the lead on this a little bit. We're gonna give you three daily fantasy football players to pick that we think are gonna be great for your lineup if you are playing daily fantasy. We obviously have our teams and I know which you get a little funky with it here and there. You like to set up a couple of different lineups. I'm coming in here Picking three guys, I'm going to go quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. My running back, Matt Breida. I think Tevin Coleman, who is out with a high ankle sprain and could be out for a while, could actually be a good waiver wire transaction for you guys. I think Breida is going to come in at a great value on Sunday. I think you need to draft him for your daily fantasy. I think Breida is going to go off, potentially score two touchdowns. I do think he breaks a 100-yard plateau, and he'll finally get some receptions. I know Mozart and Coleman took most of that last week, but Breida will be the focus. He did have to leave for a concussion protocol last week for a little bit. That hurt his production, but Breida should be your second running back taken on your Daily Fantasy team's quarterbacks. I know this is random and weird, but I have a sense. The Ravens are going to be without Jimmy Smith. Their, their defense is going to look a little bit more faltered. They're going to play an actual team for once. Maybe the Cardinals, you don't consider that, but we'll see. Their defense wasn't all that atrocious. Give me Kyler Murray in a first full complete game. I think Kyler Murray is going to be an awesome quarterback for you to pick up. I don't think the Ravens are as good as the 59 points. Say they are. I really like Kyler Murray here. And honestly, I'm going to stick with the Ravens in this one as well. Marquise Brown needs to be had by everybody in any league you have. The guy is the next Deshaun Jackson, and we saw Deshaun Jackson coming back from the grave essentially and putting on a hell of a performance for the Eagles. Marcus Brown only got in on 12, snap, 12 snaps, I believe, and he was able to put up that production. Marcus Brown's going to get more time each and every week, and he's going up against a bad Cardinal secondary without Patrick Peterson, who is still suspended. Give me Marcus Brown, and you're going to have two guys in the same game, so you'll have a bunch of fun watching both sides of the balls there. Wits, those are my three daily fantasy players that I'm looking to take with good value next week.
2: All right, so my three plays, uh, two of them are pretty high on the expensive end of the board, but I think Patrick Mahomes is a really good play this week on the road at the Raiders. I think this game could turn out to be a shootout, and I think even if it isn't, I see four or five touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes over 400 yards. I think this Raiders defense showed a lot in week one, but... Joe Flacco is not Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes was making plays all over the field so at $9,000 on FanDuel, 7500 on DraftKings. I think the value is actually there this week. Wide receiver play, I'm going with another expensive guy, but this is a guy you just can't stop him. He will he never really makes a big play down the field, but Michael Thomas just eats footballs for a living. Caught 10 passes for 123 yards on Monday Night Football. Now faces a Rams secondary that he put up huge numbers against in the regular season last year. 12 catches for 211 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The Rams also might be without one of their key players, safety Eric Weddle, who uh, had that nasty cut on his head. He's in concussion protocol right now. So I think that's going to enhance the value even more for Thomas. And then looking at running back play, David Johnson is my play for the Arizona Cardinals this week. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth matchup with the Ravens. I think there's going to be more points scored than people expect. Kyler Murray is going to get out to a hot start and be looking at not only Larry Fitz, but also David Johnson out of the backfield. I think he's going to have eight receptions and also over 100 yards on the ground. Those are my three plays for the week daily fantasy-wise, Roz.
1: Well, we crushed it. That is a ton of football for you guys to grasp at. We hope you enjoy. A couple of quick honorable mentions for top news stories and sports. We want to, because I know you're on the same bandwagon as me, wish Christian Yelich well. Literally during the taping of this show, he fouled the ball off onto his kneecap, breaking his kneecap. He will miss the remainder of the season. Uh, it wasn't looking good for the Brewers anyway to make the postseason, but you hate to see the reigning MVP go down, especially after the year he's been having. So get well soon, Christian Other news, Dodgers clinched their seventh consecutive NL West title. They look like the most dangerous team currently in the NL, and scares me as a Cubs fan, but as a Cubs fan, we still need to make the playoffs. We're going to be without Javi Baez the rest of the regular season. OBJ plans to keep wearing that watch, like I mentioned. Again, an irrelevant story. Bill Belichick has done something he never does, and that is trade a wide receiver to The Jets, and it's not the wide receiver part that he never does. It is trading with the Jets. He has traded with all 31 whoops Yeah, all 30 other teams in the NFL the Jets were the last team for him to trade with They did make that trade and last but not least wits We've held off The Patriots look as good as they already do and they get this man Antonio Brown the head case and it only gets worse as he was accused of rape in a civil lawsuit Is this the end of Antonio Brown? We got Ezekiel Elliott back on the field. So I've got to ask you about Melvin Gordon here in a second, but I'm adding Antonio Brown to this list. Will Antonio Brown ever play another snap in the NFL?
2: Gut reaction, no. But he might. I don't think it will be in a Patriots uniform, though, this year. Melvin Gordon, he's out. Austin, (laughs) completely dominated. Sunday's matchup, Justin Jackson, looks like he can pick up some slack too.
1: Melvin, Melvin Gordon, who?
2: Huh? See you later. What have you done for me lately? Nothing. See you, Melvin. I was a big fan, but you got to move on. You just well, got to do it.
1: Any other closing thoughts coming from the Chicagoland area? We just brought another awesome show home. What's going on, Witchworld? world? And uh, give us your closing thoughts before I close this out here.
2: Well, Witz is uh, still having football withdrawals, and he's about to go to bed because it is 10:30 Central Time, about an hour too late for your boy to be staying up. But had to do it for the show. Always enjoy doing it. Um, And uh, shout out Jared Rubin. He's gonna regret not trading with me because his (laughs) his team is doomed to finish in last place. Uh, So that's my parting thought.
1: Very fair. Well. It has been another week. We keep the lines moving here at the opening line. Wits and Roz are better than ever. We're excited to have you guys back next week. We hope to have guests coming soon, but with the new work schedule and the old work schedule being Wits's, it is tough to do some of these, but we will get scheduling stuff ironed out. Wits has a surprise coming up soon. Once again, thank you all for joining the opening line. We will be back next week. Hopefully with more wins and more money in our wallets. Have a great night everybody.
0: What's your motto? Everyone won that lotto. Things ain't out all I know. You moving by the bolo to el. When you moving by the bolo to play. Right down. Ooh. What's your motto? Everyone want that lado. You forgot all I don't. You moving by the bolo to el. When you moving by the bolo. Right right
1: Get a, get a move
0: in it Feel the bass with the groove in it Shit, the buzz ain't losing it I'm the next thing, I'm proving it Talk about how I'm full of it Bro, but i still be boulder rich Wanna know how I'm doing this Listen, man, I'm moving by the bolo Damn We're moving by the bolo When you're moving When you're moving, man We ain't gonna lose it Watch how I move it. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move. I move. I just can't help myself. Hey, What's your motto? Everyone want that Lotto. Things ain't idle, I know you're moving by the bolo. Oh, that's your way When you are moving by the bolo, oh, that's the play What's your motto? Everyone want that Lotto. You forgot I know you're moving by the bolo, when are moving by the bolo, get a all aboard, move that thing on the harder course, and I'm back with the business, in the big boat on route to the promised land, get that involved, ooh, Dragon Ball, Z when we stir it up, superpowers, murder us. I got you now You feel the buzz, like are you serious? Now you are so curious Solid will you experience Party on this open chill We be hanging on my shoulder cause you know we play break, 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 break. We're moving by the bolo When he moving When he moving fast Oh you in, kidding in tonight just gon' let it go. You just gon' let it go. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move it. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move. I move. I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that Lotto. Things ain't out By the polo, what's your motto? Everyone won that ladder. You forgot, I do You're moving by the polo. When you're moving by the polo, hey. moving by the bolo.